Father, we just thank you for this morning and just to, to open your word. God, thank you that we live in a country that we can freely just walk down the street and buy a Bible. Uh, it doesn't happen everywhere. And so, Lord, we thank and praise you, and we thank you for the men and women that have fought to protect those freedoms for us. And, Lord, we just thank you for the freedom that we have to be able to worship you. God, we do lift up those this morning that they're just fighting so many different things, whether it's disease and sickness and just trials and things that are going on because Satan is alive and well, and he will, if he can destroy the family, he can, he can make such an impact. And so, Lord, we pray for protection over all the families and the moms and the dads and the kids and God, that we continue to look to you and pray to you to get into your word. Lord, just be with Bill and Patty as they travel. Just watch over them, give them a good time off, and um, refresh, refresh them. And so this morning, as we look at your word, just um, if your spirit move, and we thank and praise you in Jesus' name, amen. So... Does anybody know what the most stressful times of the year are for men? Huh? Tax time. Tax time. That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. But I read this. I read the. Do what? Waking up. Well, I read. I read a little while back that one of the most stressful times for men was remembering the wedding anniversary. Another one was the wife's birthday. Um. Christmas, you know, it's like, what are you going to buy her? You know, it's like, what are you going to buy her? She's got me. Why does she need anything else? So, and then even Mother's Day sometimes because, you know, it's making sure the kids follow through and do the things they should to honor mom. And even myself making sure that I, that I honor my mother. She's 92 years old. And um, so I, I know for a fact that probably won't have too many more years with her. But uh, anything that I can do to remember. But there is saving grace in all of this. Thanks to technology, the smartphone. It helps me remember all of those things. And so that's what we want to do this morning is kind of talk about moms and wives. And so if you'll turn to me in Proverbs 31, we're going to kind of look, uh, look at that scripture this morning. And... Um, so we're going to look at that and we're going to talk about loving wife and a loving mother, you know, what they mean to us and how they impact the family because they have such an impact on the family. And think how the mother and wife, just think about how a mother and wife have been viewed over time. When this was written, a lot of times wives were treated almost like property or servants. And so they were not allowed to do much of anything. And then I know growing up, I know some of us probably remember the Donna Reed show. And she wore a dress and an apron and high heel shoes and her hair was always fixed just perfectly. And she was in the kitchen just having a grand old time. And as time goes on, you know, today, staying home and, and being a mom is kind of looked down on. And, you know, however you feel about the feminist movement, they're even talking today about how it's gotten so radical. And, and so women get looked down on if they decide that one of the most important jobs they can do is, is stay home and take care of the kids and do those things that need to be done. And that's an admiral, that's a great job to have. I mean, because just think of the impact that moms have on the kids. And so 
That's why this morning we want to look at Proverbs 31. And so young people that are here and they're not married yet, especially guys, take a look at this and this will help you find the perfect wife, uh, which you should always be praying for and make sure that wife knows the Lord, which this scripture even references. So let's look at Proverbs 31. The first part says the sayings of King Lemuel and Oracle, his mother taught him. And this is something that, that she taught him. And this is really all we know about this king. Uh, I don't think it's mentioned anywhere else in scripture. So we really don't know too much more about him, but we do know what his mother taught him. So it says, so, you know, so here's a good Jewish mother teaching her son how to live and how to conduct himself in the first part. And then the other part is teaching him what kind of wife and mother to look for for the kids today. And it's, you know, it's very important what's in here. And it really is something that I wish the first part that our leaders today would read. Because um, they really could learn something from the first few verses. Proverbs 31 verses 2 through 5. O my son, O son of my womb, O son of my bowels, do not spend your strength on women, your vigor on those who ruin kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel, not for kings to drink wine, not for rulers to crave beer, lest they drink and forget what the law decrees and deprive all the oppressed of their rights. And the first part of that, uh, O son of my bowels, do not spend your strength on women, your vigor on those who ruin kings. And I can give you the less forward paraphrase of that or the southern version, which basically says don't drink, smoke, or chew or mess around with girls that do. Uh, But what it says is don't spend your strength on women. Think of men that have been destroyed because of their lust. I mean, their lust for other women. When they have a you know, beautiful wife at home, a wife that supports them, uh, just think of the destruction. I mean, just think of this last year in the presidential election and all of the garbage that's been thrown around. Um, but they've been ruined just because they couldn't control their lust. And this is a wise mother who's advising her son on how to conduct himself so that he would be successful. A good Jewish mother who's reminding his son to not forget the law. Because she said, you know, she says in here, at least they drink and forget what the law decrees and deprive all of the oppressed of their rights. And part of that was the responsibility of the king to read the law so that he would know what was in there and what he should be doing. And uh, that's the problem we found with the Jewish nation. You know, we had King David We had King Saul, we had King David, then we had King Solomon. And after Solomon, the kingdom split because of, you know, because it split. So you had 10 tribes in the north and you had two tribes in the south. But the problem, and if you remember in the north, every time you read the scripture in the north, it always said the kings did evil in the eyes of the Lord. They had no good kings in the north and they did not read the law. They did not do what they were supposed to do. And God even told Jeroboam, the first king in the north, if you follow my laws and my decrees, you will basically have what Solomon and David had. But guess what? He didn't. He went right to ignoring the law, not doing what he's supposed to do, taking advantage of the people that he was a ruler over. And we know eventually they were in exile and Eric had been covering Zechariah, which was talking about 
um, encouraging the exiles who had come back to Judah after 70 years. Um, so here's a Jew- good Jewish mother. She's encouraging her son to do his right, to do what was in the law. So let's jump to Proverbs 31, 8 and 9. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. This is what she's reminding him. This is part of him as a leader. This is what he needs to do. For the rights of all who are destitute or dying, speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. This was part of the king's responsibility. He had to be a fair judge. He had to be fair to the people. And by reading and understanding the law, he would know what he was supposed to do. And that was a big problem with, with the, the Jewish kings, with the north and the south. Most of them just took advantage of the people and did not do what they were supposed to do. And here she's telling him, this is how to be a good leader. So all of this is in the law, and she's reminding him how he should conduct himself and should defend those that need defending. And that is what the courts are for today, is they're there to judge fairly. Now, we know they always don't, but that is what they're there for, is to judge fairly. And that's what she wants her son to do. And this is just so important, because this this mother is impressing him upon him how he should live. And we see this in the New Testament, too, the testimony to a mother and a grandmother. We see in 1 Timothy 1.5. It says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am, I am persuaded now lives in you also. And this is what Paul is writing to Timothy and telling him. He says, your mother and your grandmother, you know, I saw their faith. And through their faith, Timothy, he now sees the faith in Timothy. And that's a huge impact that a mom and a grandmother and a wife can have. Because remember, do your kids do what you say or watch what you do more? They watch what you do. My son reminds me of that all the time. He throws that up to me all the time. So she definitely... So the next verses that we're going to look at is a description of the most excellent wife and mother. And she's definitely not being looked upon as a possession. She's not a wallflower dressed real pretty like Donna Reed. And she, do, and she do, doesn't... And she does what she's told and she's not a feminist that rails against society or just for any reason. I don't know if you've seen some of this on on TV. But she's a good, strong mother and wife. So she's a strong and loving wife and mother. And she's entrepreneurial. We're going to see through these verses that she's entrepreneurial. And And that is what this mother that she's writing is saying to her son. Here is what to look for when you look for a wife and a mother of your children. And we're going to see this in Proverbs 10, uh, 31, 10 through 31. And there's 22 verses here. And the verses 10 through 31 basically represent the 22 characters that are in the Hebrew alpha, alphabet. And this was presented in an acrostic, which would make it easier, she felt, for her son to remember and to learn. Now, this doesn't translate too well in English. When you read this, you don't quite see that. But basically what she's doing is she's giving him the A to Z on what to look for in a wife and a mother of her kids, or their kids. 
So Proverbs 31.10, a wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. And we know Ruth was referred to as a woman of a noble character. Uh, some of the translations may say jewels, and that's a good point. Because the point of this is that they are more valuable than jewels. A good wife, a good mother of noble character is more valuable than jewels. And that's what they're trying to... In fact, in Proverbs 19, it says they're a gift from God. They're a gift from God. Proverbs 31, 11. Your husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. So back, like I say, back when this was written many times, women were looked upon as servants almost, and they were not trusted by their husbands. So when a husband would travel... Um, they'd basically lock up all their possessions so the wife wouldn't have access to them. Basically put them in the man cave or the garage and, and lock them up. <laughs> so here the mother's telling her son, find a wife that you have full confidence in and you can trust her completely. I know a few years ago I, I worked closely with the Navy and I was talking to a, a Navy lawyer and we were talking about, you know, when... Guys would go out on, on deployment and um, be gone for quite a while. They always recommended that they get a power of attorney. But he always recommended that they get a limited power of attorney. Could you imagine why? He said actually there were sometimes wives that would sell everything and move. And leave the guy destitute. And so... Uh, while that may be good advice there, probably the best thing to do is to do like this mother is encouraging her son, is to find a wife she, he has full confidence in. You know, So the mother is saying when you look for a wife and mother, you find someone you have full confidence in and willing to share everything with. You have an intimate relationship with this person that is so deep and so trusting without reservation, you know she will always be looking out for her husband and her children. No separate bank accounts. No, no separate anything. This is someone that you trust completely. Proverbs thirty-one, twelve. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. The good wife and mother always looks out to bring, to bring the family good not harm, and she will always do this her whole life, putting others before herself. And we're going to see that as, as we read through this. And I saw this when I was, when I was growing up. Like I said, I had six brothers and sisters growing up, and um, my mom did stay home with the kids. My dad worked. He worked a lot of strange hours. He worked in the automotive industry. And she was always there. She made sure we had food on the table. She made sure we had clean clothes. She made sure our, our clothes had holes in them. She repaired them. Uh, she made sure we did our homework. And my mom was not a mom that would say, wait till your father gets home. She took care of it right then and right there. So <laughs> dad was not always the bad guy. It was mom take care of discipline right there and then. So you stay with the family in good times and bad times. We know in families there's going to be bad times. It's family. 
Uh, you see it throughout Scripture when you read. You know, there's disagreements and things that go on. But even in our own families, you know, it's... Um, in fact, we were talking in men's group yesterday, and I brought up the fact that wouldn't it be nice if our lives were as perfect as they're displayed on Facebook? I mean, but they're not. We know there's disagreements. We know there's problems. We, you know, but you work through those. You pray through those. You lean on, you know, you lean on Christ to really gird up your family and to help you. And if you keep Christ in the center of your family, you can get through that. You can get through anything. So a devoted woman like this is also one who loves so much they will confront. Here's a good one. They love their husbands so much they will confront their husbands and their sin. They can be that person that knows more than anyone else what needs to be confessed. There's your, there's your accountability partner right there. Trust me. If I'm screwing up, my wife is not hesitant to let me know. And... Uh, And that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. We talked about that in men's group is that we need someone that will confront us when we're doing something wrong. You know, when we're, uh, when we're in sin, we need to be confronted, but it's always, it's always to restore, always to restore. And this goes actually for the kids too. The, you know, the moms, as she's raising the kids, she's going to direct them. She's going to teach them. She's going to instruct them on recognizing their sin things they should do and shouldn't do, confessing their sin, asking for forgiveness. And why is this important? We're going to see that in verse 23 when we get there. Verse 13, she selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. So in the next few verses, this is going to show us a woman that as a homemaker. And today, many times, like I said earlier, that's kind of looked down on that, um, that's the whole, it, a homemaker or ridiculed but you know it shouldn't be i mean with the impact that you have in teaching and loving your kids and raising them that is that is such a worthy worthy goal says she selects wool and flax and works with eager hands she is going to make thread so that she can make cloth so that she can make clothes for her family and not only does she look out for her husband and family and all that they have But she is busy caring for their needs, clothes to stay warm. She's full of energy. She loves doing this and going about the day. She does this because she loves her family. She doesn't do it begrudgingly, but with love and energy. Proverbs 14 says, she is like the merchant ships bringing food from afar. So think about it. Merchant ships, you know, if you think, they don't just go short distances and come back. They go long distances and bring back goods. And so they're brought from far off. They travel far distances. And it's saying that she is willing to travel great distances to bring food to her family. Bring things that the family would enjoy, really enjoy. And she's willing to go great distances to do it. And remember, then they pretty much walked everywhere they went. Didn't jump in your car and run down to the to this local store so she sees her family as joy and she loves them and she wants them to enjoy what she's prepared verse 15 she gets up while it's still dark she provides food for her family and portions for the servant for the servant girls 
So she's getting up early. She's preparing for the day. She's still helping prepare the food, but she's also lining out the duties for the servant girls. Because remember, she's talking to her son, the king, but they're laying out the duties for the servant girls. She's in charge of all of this. And her son is or will be a king, so there would be servants. And she's managing the household well. She's managing the household. So she's doing all of the cooking. She's making cloth. She's doing all of this stuff. She's getting food that that the family will enjoy. And it says she manages the household well. She takes that on as part of her daily duties to care for her family. Verse 16. She considers a field and buys it out of the earnings she plants, she plants a vineyard. So in addition to making cloth and clothes for her family, she obviously has made extra because she's selling it, and we'll see that uh, in verse 24. But, you know, she's running a home-based business. And out of it, out of the earnings from that, she buys a field and she plants a, a vineyard. And I know some of you can identify with that because I know some of you in here have home-based businesses and you're running a very effective business, uh, making money out of it to help support the family. One of the ones that I remember, um, I used to work for a software company that sold shipping software. And I visited a couple up in University City. It's actually just the, the wife and her kids were at home. But they were running this business out of their house. And her husband um, was a retired Navy SEAL. But he had exercises that he used to do in tight spaces, wherever he may be on a particular ship or wherever he was. And he had these exercises he did. So he created these deck of cards with different exercises that they could use. And I guess you flip through them and you do the exercises. And that's what they were selling. It had like six different decks that they sold. And so she basically ran that business out of the house and she would draw down the orders every day and she would fulfill the orders and then she would go out into the garage and the kids would help her and they would pack the orders up and print the shipping labels and off they would go. 150 boxes a day out of the garage, 150 boxes a day. But on top of all of that, she was homeschooling four boys, cooking, cleaning and taking care of her husband on top of all of that and running a successful business. And when I thought about that, I thought, you know, that's a Proverbs 31 wife and mom. You know, she loves the Lord. She's taking care of her kids, taking care of her family, running a successful business. And not one time did I see anything that caused her that she was aggravated or irritated by it. I mean, and she had it all in stride, but it was amazing watching those four boys help do that. And she learned, and they learned that by watching and helping her. So not only does this wife buy a field, she considers how she'll make it useful. And she planted a vineyard, which in turn would produce more income. Proverbs 17, she sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her task. So she does what she does with vigor. She's not lazy. She doesn't complain. She does this because of the love she has for her husband and her children. She manages the house. She's entrepreneurial, but she is also loving toward her husband and her children. Proverbs thirty-one eighteen. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. Not just profitable money-wise, but... 
that she is doing what is good for the family. This is selfless love and caring for her family. This is what drives her, why she gets up early in the morning, knowing that she is caring for her family, and this brings her joy. Her example will also be a great example to her kids and how they should live their lives. Because as he said before, the children watch more what we do than what we say. You know, and because they will listen to what we say, but they will look to see if our actions match what we've told them. You know, it's don't, you know, you've always heard the thing, you know, don't do as I do, do as I say. But when you model what you should model for your kids and what you say and what you model matches, it has a huge impact on your kids and will definitely steer them in the right direction. It says her lamp doesn't go out, go out at night, so she stays up late, makes sure the lamps are tendered. Um, but she may know she's ensuring that the lamps have oil and are always ready. Again, staying up late and getting up early. That was my mom, staying up late and getting up early. She was the last one in bed, and she was the first one up every morning. So it's a very loving and devoted wife and mother. Proverbs thirty-one nineteen. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. The distaff is used uh, in spinning. Um, it's just another reference to her work, you know, making cloth so she can make clothes for her kids, furnishings, because it's going to talk in here about making bedding and stuff. But she was busily working. So you imagine having to make the thread, then make the cloth, then make the clothes. I mean, the closest I saw that come to was my aunt because she, she lived on a, uh, my dad's sister lived on a farm and she milked her cows and she made her own butter. And I mean, she made a lot of her own clothes and her own kids clothes. And she had a huge garden and it's like, but she was up early every morning and she was probably the last one that went to bed at night. Proverbs 31.20. So not only does she take care of her family, verse 20, she opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. I mean, is there nothing she can't do? Opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. So not only is she taking care of the family, she remembers those that are less fortunate and helps them as well. She thinks of others. Again, modeling the behavior that she would like to see in her kids. And when they see this, and they see how hard she works and how she does this for other people that don't have as much as they do. What a testimony. Verse 21, when it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. So, you know, winter. She's not afraid. She's not afraid of the cold. She knows that she has done what she needs to do to take care of her family, that they have food, that they have good warm clothes to wear in the winter. And so she doesn't worry about that. And, you know, it says that they were in scarlet. So it doesn't mean that they were wearing old drab clothes. She went to the effort of being able to dye the material to make sure that, that it was bright, since it was that she clothed them in scarlet. Verse 22, she makes coverings for her bed. 
She is clothed in fine linen and purple. So not only is she making clothes, she's making, you know, today we just go to bed, bath, and beyond. Um, But with her, she had to make, you know, she's making everything from scratch. So she's taking care of her family, but she ensures there's blankets, sheets, pillows, whatever they use back then. Uh, She also dresses from what she's made. She makes clothes for herself and for her family and says she dresses in fine linen that she's made. Now, at this point, you're probably thinking, man, she must have bags under her eyes, messy hair, calluses on her fingers from making all that cloth. I mean, she probably needs a pedicure because she's walking distances to get things that her family would enjoy. <laughs> you know, but that's not, that's not true. Verse 22, it says she was clothed in fine linen and purple. She made sure that, you know, she was dressed well. She wanted to, to, to look nice. You know, she takes care of herself and her family because of the love and the devotion that she has for them. So men... Kids, don't come home and ask your wife, why haven't you combed your hair? Why don't you wear something better than that? You know, be a little nicer. You know, they're doing things for you that you may not even realize are getting done for you. So be mindful of that. Be respectful of that. Um, Because it's not easy. It's not easy. I know one of the... um, as I was younger and going up, and one of the things that I used to hear uh, from young moms was, gosh, it sure would be nice to have an adult conversation, you know, because you're at home all day with, with toddlers or, you know, whatever. And, it, and it's true, you know, it's true when you're kind of stuck in that situation. But, you know, it's not really a complaint complaint. It's just that I would love to have an adult conversation. Moms still love their kids. They still take care of them. They feed them. They make sure they have clean clothes. So respect mom. Respect the wife. Verse 23. Her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. So her husband is at, and this is where people would come and kind of issue their grievances and a judgment would be made. Uh, And so he's, he's well respected. But it says that her husband is respected at the city gate. And we can kind of see references to this in verses 10 and 11 and 12. It says that the wife is of noble character. So, you know, she's putting, you know, forth a, a, a good face, you know, because she is such a good wife. Um, her husband has full confidence in her. This is a woman that he trusts her with everything that he has. And she brings him good and not harm. She always brings him good and not harm. So being a good wife and a mother, her husband has respect in the city. She loves her husband and her children, and she wants to ensure that the family has a good reputation and is is respected. And the other part of this is the wife and the mother will let her husband know when something is affecting his reputation or his integrity. And And that should be done, obviously, in the right way, not in a nagging way, but it's in a way that you want to make sure that He's well respected, that he's not doing things that he should not do. Again, that accountability partner that you can have as a husband and a wife. And a mom can be a great accountability partner for your kids. 
So she does this in a loving way. And our goal, like I said earlier, our goal should always be to restore. Even with someone in the church. There is someone that, that you know is, is, is sinning. You go to them and you talk to them. And the whole goal is to restore. Not, not to be judgmental. And in um, Matthew, there, Scripture lays out what the process is for someone you know, that's going through that. If they ignore you or tell you to go away, then you go to them with two or three. And you talk to them. And you present to them what they're doing and how they need to repent of that sin. And pray for forgiveness. And so there's a whole process of that. But the process is always, always to restore. But we do know that in church discipline there comes a point. If they just won't listen, that then they're asked to leave the church. And that's because you cannot allow sin to get a foothold in the church. It will destroy it. It will utterly destroy it. Verse 24. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. So here you see, you know, she's got this whole enterprise going. You know, she gives her a profit to buy land and plant a vineyard, thinking of the family and continuing to contribute to the family and what's going on. But the verse above where it says she extends a hand to the needy. So, you know, not only is she making clothes and, and selling the clothes, she's gets a profit out of that. She buys land. She plants a vineyard. But Scripture tells us also that she thinks of the needy. She thinks of the poor. Proverbs 25. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. So she's a strong woman. She's a woman with dignity. And she isn't given to gossip. She's not idle. she thinks of her family. She constantly thinks of her family and in others in her community. She runs a business. And it says she laughs at the days to come. She's not afraid of the future. She's not afraid of what the future will bring. She's teaching her kids properly. She's right with the Lord. And when you're right with the Lord, you do not fear the future. No matter what the future holds. Because we do know that in the future, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there is a day that we will see him in his glory and we will be there with him. So there is no reason to fear the future. So she's right with the Lord. She puts her trust in the Lord. And there is never any fear when you do that in the future. So it says she can laugh at the days to come because she is sure in God. And where she stands. And when she shows that to her kids, they will embrace that. They will learn that. And they will want to know the Lord. So she's wise. Verse 26. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is in her tongue, on her tongue. She's wise. She knows when to speak and what to say. She trains and instructs her children well. It says she speaks with wisdom. Proverbs 1.8 tells us, says, tells a young man to follow the law of his mother. With a mother like this and the children watch her actions each day, you can bet they're definitely learning more by what she's doing than what she's saying. And that is so important because our kids really do. And like I said, um, when I do something that goes against 
what I've told him or taught him, he reminds me. Reminds me very quickly. So they do watch what she's doing. But when she speaks, she speaks with wisdom. So scripture tells us she speaks with wisdom. Proverbs verse 27. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. She manages the household well. She teaches. She runs a business, a profitable business. And she doesn't gossip. She helps the needs of others. So you might say, what's in it for her? What's the reward? Well, verse 28 tells us the reward. But before we get there, let's look at Titus 2, verse 3 through 5. I'll read it to you. Likewise, teach older women to be reverent in the way they live and not to be slanderers or addicted to too much wine, but to teach what is good. And then verse 4. Then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, to be subject to their husbands, so that no one will malign the word of God. No one will malign the word of God. So moms, grandmothers, you have a big responsibility. And part of that example is you can show to the younger wives and moms how to be, how to act, what to do, how to be a good, godly wife and mom. Um, Not too long ago, I had the privilege of being part of a memorial service um, for... um, I think she was about my age. I think Cindy was about my age. And uh, I knew her through her kids. Um, I got to baptize uh, her son and her daughter-in-law. And so I got to meet Cindy, and we kind of had a, a relation, uh, friendship. And I was able to do uh, her mother's memorial service. And then when she passed away, um, was able to participate in her memorial service. And I read Proverbs 31 because Cindy kind of made me think that's the type of of person that she was. But after that portion, person after person after person got up and spoke about Cindy and how she had changed their lives. Uh, There was one that um, she was an alcoholic and Cindy got her through that and got her off alcohol. Uh, kids in the neighborhood that did not have a mother like her and how she basically became their mother and how today, because they're in their 30s. So these kids would be about in their 30s today, but growing up and now they're productive members of society because of the impact that she had. You know, she was, for lack of a better term, she was a stay-at-home mom and She raised her kids, but she raised a lot of kids in the neighborhood. That's the impact that she had. And that's the impact that moms and grandmothers can have on the kids. And it just is just, it was hard. It was a a hard, but I'll tell you, people were celebrating her life at that memorial service. So back to what's the reward? What's What's in it for mom, for the wife? Proverbs thirty-one twenty-eight: Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, he praises her. Isn't that great? That is outstanding. She works hard for the family. She loves her family so deeply. And she does 
all those things for them. But what a gift when your kids show you appreciation. You know, it means a lot to me when my son says, thank you. I mean, and genuinely says, thank you. But it says, her children rise and call her blessed. There's the reward. That's the reward. Proverbs 31, 29 through 31. Many women do noble things. But, surpass them, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. But here's the key in that verse where it says, But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the reward she has earned and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. So look past the charm or look past the superficial, you know, the charm, the... The, the beauty, because we know beauty is fleeting, you know, as we get older. Trust me, I used to have brown hair and a 32-inch waist. Uh, really, I did. And, but it is fleeting as we get older. And, um, and charm, you know, it's, uh, you gotta be, got to be careful of, of the charmers. Um, but it's the other things when you fear the Lord. So look for a woman who fears the Lord. This is the advice that a good mother has given her son. When you find a woman who fears the Lord, she'll be the wife and the mother that will surpass them all. That's the key. The woman that fears the Lord. People will see that she fears the Lord and that will not only affect those in the family, but she's going to affect the community around her. One last thing. This is definitely, definitely for the guys. One last thing, Ephesians 5, 24 and 25. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to the husbands and everything. And I've heard a lot of guys quote that verse and they don't, they just quote that one. And you're taking it out of context. You can't take that out of context because what does the rest of it say? Husbands, love your wives. That love is agape, the highest good, the unselfish love. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Will you do that? Do you love your wives, the mother of your children, that much to give up your life the way Christ gave up his life for the church? Proverbs 31 gives us an example of what to look for in a wife and a mother of our kids. And what an example that is. You know, none of us are perfect except Christ. However, we need the instruction and examples that Scripture gives us. And i just like to say, mothers, thank you for the love you've shown your husbands, for the love you show your kids, putting us before yourselves many times, managing the household, being an example to the children, training them, teaching them, and taking care of all their needs. All of us need to remember none of us are perfect, not even mom. But she is doing things that we may not even know they're doing for us. They keep us in prayer when we don't even know it. So cherish mom. Let her know it. Do you rise and say she's blessed? You know, we only celebrate Mother's Day once a year, but we really should celebrate it every day. Mothers are special. Treat them that way. Remember a mother 
who fears the Lord is to be praised. And I'm going to close with this poem. I found it and I looked everywhere to see who to contribute it to, but I couldn't. But I, I really liked it. I'm going to close with this. It says, motherhood is more than a stage. It's a lifelong calling from God. With it, he gives us hearts and love deeply, hands that serve tirelessly, and vision to see his blossoming image in the precious ones entrusted to our care. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this morning, and we thank you just for the example of Proverbs 31. God, we thank you for the mothers and the wives and the grandmothers that have had such an impact in our lives. And so, Lord, we would just pray that you continue to bless them and watch over them. And God, just uh, help us as husbands and sons to be better, to love them, to cherish them, and to give, be willing to give up our life as Christ gave up his life for the church. Father, again, we just pray for this country. We pray that people will open their eyes and see that the only hope is Jesus Christ. So we thank and praise you. And we lift this time up to you in Jesus' name. Amen.